0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: I've been thinking about why I haven't come out yet. Maybe it's because it doesn't seem fair that only gay people have to come out. Why is straight the default?
2: Imagine if straight people had to come out. Like that bit in Love, Simon, where he wishes that all of his straight friends just understood what it was like. A bit of a fantasy about the closet being on the other side of the house for once. Yeah. I'm
3: heterosexual. Oh,
4: God, help me, Jesus.
2: Coming out has always been this big thing if you're LGBTQIA+. It's when you tell the world about your true self. It used to have this sense of being like a whole thing, like a big emotional post on your social or a big serious sit-down reveal with your parents with Tears and everything.
1: Hey, Dad. What would you do if I married a woman?
2: Be happy for you?
5: Mom. Hi. I have to tell you something. I'm gay. Oh, my God.
3: That I am gay. <laughs>
5: but it is
2: a bit of an effort. It can be a scary thing to do. To tell people you're not what they expected you were. To hope they're okay with it. To come to terms with the fact that you're different. You have a different label. Wouldn't it be easier to just not? And with queer visibility being more mainstream than ever, with movies like Love, Simon, and all the shows and the TikToks and the discourse and the pride, is there even really a closet anymore? I'm Nat Tenchich, and on this episode, you'll learn how to work out who, when and why to come out, when it's okay to stay in, and how we should be rethinking this concept altogether. Coming out isn't that big dinner table, gather round, I have something to tell you announcement for every queer person. It's a bit messy and complicated. It's a different conversation with everyone in your life. I first came out in an email to my former boss. I told him I was pansexual in an email about wanting this job. That was the first time I'd defined myself to anyone. And it wasn't even quite the right definition in the end. I didn't come out to myself until over a year later, even though I was with a woman. Look, I was in a lot of denial. If you listen to this podcast, you know this about me. (laughs) I've never sat down with my family and had a big chat, though they do listen to this podcast, so I assume we've never had to talk about it. If they didn't know before, they know now. So I wanted to know how you came out too. The Hookup fam had a lot of different perspectives.
6: So I first came out to my parents, I think, when I was 18. um, And I came out with my family, so with my parents and my brother and my sister. I pretty much was at dinner and I just said to them that I... I'm not straight, I was like at the time I didn't really know, I was kind of questioning. My family was yeah really welcoming, they were really open and everything. It was really good, it was a really positive experience, I was a bit scared because my dad's fairly Catholic but he was really open and accepting which was really nice. At the time I was going through like a few like mental health issues and I feel like I just needed to kind of get a lot out of my system, like get a lot off my chest, my family as well and I kind of thought if I'm getting all of this other stuff out I might as well just fill all the beans so um, it was a really kind of invigorating um, experience I guess like I did feel a lot lighter after I had that conversation I felt like I was a bit more genuine as a person to my family which was really great
1: I'm bi, but I haven't come out to my family because I'm in a straight, sort of, passing relationship. And I sort of worry that if I were to come out to my family, they would think that there's something wrong in my relationship for me to want to come out and say, well, I like girls. I've been with my partner for seven years now. Sort of only discovered it maybe halfway through our relationship, because we got together in high school really young, so. I sort of didn't really realise until I was maybe 20, 21 that maybe I am bi. And I think now it would be weird for me to tell my family because it's so far into my relationship. But my partner's fine with it, which is good. That really is all that matters. But I don't think my family would not like it. But I think they would just be concerned with my relationship and why I'm telling them. Like, I think the only time I'd ever really bring it up is if I were to bring a a woman home.
3: I feel like you have to come out no matter what. Like, even if you decide you don't want to come out or anything. I just feel like the whole world, because it's just assumed that you're straight until you, you say otherwise, or sit until you say otherwise. So yeah, I just feel like in my experience, I've had so many situations, especially at work, where someone will ask about, I don't know, my boyfriend or something, and I either have to decide between correcting them or lying to them, which are both kind of crappy options. I, I guess it's just, it gets a bit frustrating and a bit tiring after a certain point like it's quite a personal thing and I don't maybe I don't want to have that conversation with those people but you kind of have to slowly as I'm getting more confident in you know my sexuality and I've been out for a while now so yeah I'm definitely getting more confident and correcting people a lot more often which which actually has been nice and it has felt nice to be more confident in that in that kind of stuff.
2: So do you have to make a thing of it? Is this whole coming out thing a bit irrelevant now? On Instagram, we asked you about it, and 81% of you reckon that coming out is an outdated concept. While 69% said it wasn't an important part of being queer. Hookup listener Taz from Newcastle would be in the majority camp here. He's bi, and he has a bit of a personal don't ask, don't tell policy. He doesn't lie about or hide his identity, but he doesn't go around shouting about it either. He emailed us wondering if it's much of a thing anymore and whether he should be more open about his sexuality.
0: Uh, So essentially, like, when I was, like, 15, I kind of just, like, realised, like, oh, I kind of like both. So, yeah, and then eventually I came across the label bisexual and I'm just like,
3: oh,
0: okay first time I was ever asked about my sexuality was during my first relationship. It was about three months into the relationship and um, my girlfriend's asked, told me that like, she was bi and all that, I'm like, oh yeah, me too, me too. And then she's like, oh, I wouldn't pick you for that. Like, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, so I don't really express myself that much, do I?
2: How did that make so, you
0: feel when she said that? A little shocked, I was just like, oh. Kind of just had a bit of an epiphany like, oh, I must look really, really straight. Like. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, it's just never come up with the need to essentially have that whole coming out process. I'm just, I feel like, yeah, I just didn't see much of an issue amongst kind of my social group. So it includes friends and family, got a lot of people that are out but i kind of feel like the whole pressure of it's not there to reveal myself. So wait, are you are you like
2: openly bi like have you told have you told many of your friends or family members?
0: Um no, like it's more of a thin like more so like if we're out clubbing and stuff like that i tend to flirt with both or any. Yeah, i haven't formally come out but more so yeah, kind of like haven't put the label to myself. And there's that little bit in me that I'm like, oh my God, like, I'm erasing myself. Do you feel like you're erasing yourself? Sometimes. Like it's one of those identities that tends to be erased a lot. At times I feel like I'm not contributing to it. Yeah, and I should be more vocal about it, but at the same time, yeah, you know, I kind of just want to be me. It's kind of like you've kept the secret from the people that you love, and I don't really want it to feel that way you know
2: you're not hiding it from anyone because you tell people who ask um yeah you're not actively lying so do you really feel like you're in you're in the closet
0: i feel like yeah i don't feel like i am in the closet like i feel like maybe i stepped my foot in there a bit at one point but no like once i came to realize what my attraction was and that i was bisexual like i've never considered myself to be in the closet
2: yeah so what are you going to come out of? Yep. <laughs> Taz, what do you hope to get out of this conversation we're going to have on The Hookup?
0: Probably a bit more bit more of an open clarity to like the whole concepts of coming out and do people actually still consider themselves to be born into the closet or are, they, are there some people that never were in the closet? Like kind of what are we working past that?
2: So there's two parts to this. One, is coming out still a thing? And two, how do you work out the details? Like who to tell, when to say it, and how to do it? Okay, let's take part one first. Is it still a thing? Mon Shafter is an ABC journalist, head of ABC Queer, and host and producer of a new ABC podcast called Innies and Outies, which explores Australian stories of coming out as LGBTQIA+, and staying in. From the stories she's heard and her own experiences, she reckons coming out is still part of being queer, whether or not you like it and
5: whether or not you do it. Coming out should always be your choice and on your terms. No one should ever do that for you. I I kind of feel like I wish we were at, at a point in society where you didn't have to come out, where you could just be whoever you want to be and it doesn't matter and everyone's just kind of chill with that. But I personally don't think we're there yet and that's sort of based on the conversations that I've had with people in making this podcast where there are you know people in you know from regional Australia or people from culturally diverse backgrounds and it's like they don't necessarily have the same visibility in their lives and in their parts of the world where it's like you know easy to be queer and it's easy to be who you are so coming out to them is a big deal and it's not always something that's, you know, embraced and celebrated. Like I've interviewed so many people who compartmentalize their lives where they they know they're, you know, they're queer or trans or, or asexual or however you know they describe themselves, but they can't articulate that part of themselves with their family out of fear of, you know, losing their family or out of fear of their safety in some instances. So I kind of feel like you're sort of in a privileged position to say that it's no big deal. And Mm. I wish that was the case for everyone because that would be awesome if it was, but
2: I don't feel like we're there yet. Even though Taz thinks it might be irrelevant, he's still not assumed his real identity by the people he meets and knows. He experiences mononormativity, this idea that it's the defaults or normal to be attracted to one gender. So for Taz, that does mean having to come out Psychologist Juniper Muller says, until we abandon default normals like being hetero, cisgender, or monosexual, then yeah, coming out's just going to keep being a thing. Because basically, it's telling people that you're not what they assumed you were.
4: So there's been a lot of talk about sort of the assumption of heterosexuality. I, I guess there's also often an assumption of being cisgender as well, mm. um, an assumption of being um, monosexual, so only attracted to one gender, an assumption of being monogamous as well. And so to stray outside of that actually is a is a taboo in most of our communities and societies. Where there's taboo, there's often shame, and that shame is this kind of closet thing, which previously, actually not so long ago, it was illegal in Australia. And I guess I, I would really express it's nothing to be ashamed of to, to be queer, to be LGBTQIA plus in any way, shape or form. There's nothing wrong with it at all. But there are people who are really judgmental about it, and both, both of those things can be the case.
2: So coming out is still a thing for now. But what about the big post or the adult gender reveal party? Like, remember the one that G Flip had? Oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> Do you need to make it a scene? Well, obviously you should if you want to. But you also don't have to. You don't have to tell anyone at all if you don't want to. It's completely your choice. You may share your identity with different people in different ways throughout your life, from parents to friends, partners, colleagues, and more. So, how do you work out if and when it's the right time to reveal?
4: So, there's there's so many different factors to this, and I guess the, the take-home message I want to express is consider what are the possible risks and what are the possible benefits. But thinking about, like, why? Why might you disclose? I think about it a little bit. Of, are you wanting to share your internal experiences? That is... How you identify or your feelings or your attractions in which case that that might be an important thing to share are you wanting to share because there's like a change in behavior like you're wanting to bring a same gendered partner home for dinner and introduce them as here is my partner they're not just a friend Or is it important to identify more because you've got a shared aspect with community? Say, um, I know there are plenty of people during the same-sex marriage survey who that was their time of coming out to say, you know what, like, I'm bisexual and have never kind of felt super the need to really express that to a whole lot of family. But now it's really important because actually... This is a, a community issue and lots of people in my community are being hurt and my family don't even know that I'm part of that community.
2: So there's lots of things to, you know, weigh up and reasons. And considering considering your reasons, I think, is so important. So it also, I guess, too, depends on, like you said, you know, what what your disclosure is, like what you're coming out as and who you're coming out to. So how do you weigh up those aspects of making a decision about coming out?
4: So, different people's circumstances vary so much. I I can't underline that enough. And it's important to to take a bit of time and and sort of reflect on who are potentially one, one or two people who you can trust and start where it's easiest. That would be my recommendation. Like, if you have a really close, trusted friend, start there rather than starting with the most difficult possible conversation. And as you're sharing this part of yourself, not every person who you share it with needs like a full on big, big, deep heart to heart conversation. I actually remember when, you know, when I I was kind of having some of my coming outs, I had a couple of those deeper conversations with, I don't know, my parents, my partner, but other than that, once I kind of got to a certain stage, I just did a Facebook update <laughs> to say, hey, well, just a FYI, here's, here's who I am. And that that was efficient and safe and fun and celebratory for me, but that won't work for everyone.
2: Yes, 100%. You know, that's everyone's got to take their own path with it. Do you have like a little bit of a a script or a a place to start um, if you are feeling just totally overwhelmed by it all?
4: There are some really fantastic websites that I'd actually recommend. So transhub.org.au for trans and gender diverse folks, and also just um, minus18.org.au for for young people. They have some really good tips on coming out, including on the transhub website, they've got like a template letter which I think is really wonderful. But coming out or, or, you know, let's talk about like sharing this part of you. I think it's really important to be in your own language as you understand it, but don't be afraid to get help. Like I really love Robin Oak's definition of bisexuality.
2: By the way, if you were curious about that definition, uh, Robin Oakes says, I call myself bisexual because I acknowledge that I have in myself the potential to be attracted romantically and or sexually to people of more than one gender, not necessarily at the same time, not necessarily in the same way and not necessarily in the same degree. For me, the bi and bisexual refers to the potential for attraction to people with genders similar to and different from my own.
4: And so, like, I would consider just sharing that because if you just come out to your dad and say, hey, dad, I'm bisexual, what he will understand that to mean might not be what you understand that word to mean. And so share share a good definition. Start with that.
2: If you get a great response or even a, yeah, we knew reaction, then chalk it up as a win. And by the way, if someone you love is coming out to you, here are my hot tips. Be kind, be excited for them, be curious without being critical, ditch the stereotypes and tell them you love them for showing you their full selves. But yeah, it's not going to be like that every time and a negative reaction could lead to serious consequences like damaging a relationship or even losing a job. How can you cope if it doesn't go the way you hoped?
4: I guess uh, in terms of advice, I'd encourage you to see their responses as their own, that it doesn't reflect on who you are, but to really super encourage you to connect with trans and gender diverse, and and the broader queer community as well, as well as, yeah, potentially other friends or family members.
2: If you get a shitty reaction, remember it's not your fault at all. You're beautiful, you rainbow bean, and there are people who will embrace you for who you are. You can turn to so many places for support, and we'll mention some of those in the show notes as well. So coming out happens because we still have these straight cis mono norms, And visibility as an out queer person is actually what helps change those norms. But that means there's a pressure to be out that not everybody wants to shoulder. (sighs) When identities become political. Taz says he feels this a lot. That he was erasing himself and in turn other bisexuals who depend on visibility to change things for the better. So how do you weigh up that sense of responsibility with what you want for yourself? Here's Juniper.
4: I heard a little bit somewhere in there that there was a feeling of, well, maybe I I would quite like to share about it because that might feel really authentic or that might feel like I don't need to keep a secret anymore, can kind of be out about it. And that, that sounds like a Pretty useful reason. There's also a reason, something about feeling some pressure to be visible. And it sounds a lot like a should, and it sounds a lot like um, maybe that pressure might feel like it's coming from queer community itself. And that one I'd sort of encourage to hold to a side for a little bit. Especially like if if you're not open about your sexuality or you're to, to everyone. You don't need to start off as an activist or as an advocate. Actually, like working out some of those things for yourself first can be good, but it, it may be tapping into some genuine internal sense of, "Hey, invisibility for the biplus community is a really big issue, and it affects us on mass. It affects us in politics, in the law, in society." Bi people are much worse off than gay and lesbian people across many different statistics in our modern research. And so, yeah, sure, being out loud and proud as bi or, or pansexual could be wonderful.
2: Where does this pressure sort of come from?
4: I think it can come from a perspective of justice, of thinking, hey, actually, like, this is an important bigger community issue and... And sort of wanting that, I think it might also sometimes come from a sense of not actively flagging as gay so when it, or, or queer in some way, shape or form. So when I use the word flagging, like someone who's walking down the street with multiple flags and badges and sort of like wearing the queer uniform might, might be flagging. But there are plenty of people who are queer or LGBTQ who you wouldn't know. They look like, or we look like being, you know, quote unquote normal people, like just like everyone else. And so being really out about your gender or your sexuality or, or your intersex status, for instance, might be an important part of saying, No, no, don't forget me. Here I am. I am a part of this group. I am fighting for these things. These are issues that affect me. So don't forget about me.
2: There are so many reasons to come out if it's safe for you. It's relieving to be your whole self. It's nice to be part of a community. It helps other people like you to do the same. There are also so many reasons to stay in or just not share with everyone in your life like not wanting to feel boxed in by a label, wanting to maintain certain relationships, not wanting your sexual or gender identity to be the biggest thing about you, not feeling safe to do so. I know I'll probably never be out to my grandparents, for example, but that's okay. (laughs) I'm not the happiest about it, but at the same time, I can live with it. You just have to pick and choose what's right for you. It's okay, and it's totally a personal choice. Some people might not be up for that, but that's their journey. So if you're still up in the air with it, I'll leave you with Juniper's final thoughts.
4: I think it, it's got to do a bit with personal safety, a bit with where your priorities are at, and a bit with, yeah, what what's important to you and what stage of life you're at as well. And that, that, that's really up to you. You can always get information from other people, advice from other people, watch media and see other people's stories as examples, but ultimately it is really up to you. Certainly get help from a therapist, um, I, I work with plenty of people through their coming out, get help through reading books, there's lots of information about, out there, but that choice is really up to you and you don't owe this part of you to anyone else. I, I think that that's where I, I would lo- love to end it and sending my absolute love out there to all of the queer people in Australia and who, whoever else might be listening.
2: Do you. No pressure. You can be who you want to be. The most important thing is being out to yourself and knowing who you are. I hope this has helped you, and if you know someone who needs to hear this, send it to them. And we also talked about what to do about this in relationships when one person isn't out and the other is. It's a really tricky situation to deal with, and uh, we talked about it back in June this year. There was some great advice in there too. So scroll back in your feed to check it out. If you have a story to share or a topic you want us to investigate, DM us on Instagram or email thehookup at abc.net.au. We'll catch you next time. Hey, you're still here. Well, stick around because I want to tell you about a new ABC podcast that's just launched called Innies and Outies.
4: Coming out. Coming out. It's liberating. Terrifying. It's never easy. I was too scared. And I was so nervous. I've been out for a while. I mean, listen to me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you heard host Mon Shafter in this episode. In the first series, Mon meets queer Australians, their friends and families. Here's their coming out or staying in stories and looks at all the ways in which disclosure and secrets still impact LGBTQIA plus people. I asked Mon,
5: what inspired the podcast? It actually started from a call out we did on ABC Queer like a year ago, where it was just a like an interactive text box. And we asked people to share their coming out stories in five words or less. And we were overwhelmed with all these different responses from people, really like kind of crazy stuff like, came out at a funeral or, you know, worst day of my life, you know, busted having sex with my girlfriend, like, like all these really, really eclectic responses. And each response made us want to know more. Mm -hmm. And there was a real mix of of light and shade in that. And we thought, you know, this is perfect for a a podcast where you can do a deep dive on all of these different stories.
2: Yeah. And it can feel like intimate and private as well, because some of these stories are, you know, like, they can they can be they can be really positive they can be really heartwarming um but they can be kind of difficult too like what were some of your favorite stories from the series we're going to
5: hear so many of them were just you know hit me hit me right in the guts and and some of them had me you know crying with laughter and other ones you know genuinely moved with, with sadness but one of the ones that's in the first episode is just really beautiful and heartwarming because it's the story of this teacher who is a queer non-binary teacher based out at a school in Western Sydney who started their school's first pride group. And it was at a time when Australians were voting for marriage equality and there was all of that sort of homophobic stuff in the media. And, you know, it was like a license for people to sort of say whatever they wanted to say. Mm. And it was a really toxic environment in their school where kids were getting targeted and you know there was graffiti and just really nasty stuff going on and and cash started this pride group in that climate and it started off with like five kids in the school and now there's like you know 20 to 30 and they met a, a year seven student the first year that it started and this year seven student at the time came out to them as gay and then over the course of you know their time at the school and involvement with this pride club realized that they were trans a a trans woman and this particular story is beautiful because it's about their relationship and how they both sort of worked to to change the culture of their school and over that journey cash also discovered their non-binary identity because they didn't identify that at the beginning so it was like a, a transformation for both of them um and yeah really really beautiful You can check
2: out Innies and Outies right now on the ABC Listen app and most of your favourite podcast apps.